Hey, welcome to the Campfire Passport podcast. I'm here with our favorite producer, Colin. Uh, and then we're also bringing in our friend Luke, who everybody's heard before. And then our old friend Aaron, who's been our friend for a while, but is also old. Um, we're going to go over more of the Overland stories, which is going to be fun. It's going to take up most of our episodes. We're going to try to get these guys to talk as much as possible. Uh, because we think it's fun to listen to them, and we've been listening to them for a long time. So uh, before we get started, let me pass it back over to Colin just to make sure he doesn't have anything uh, that he wants to take care of. Uh, The only thing I've got for this one is uh, extending the invite once again for anybody that's a listener or follower uh, to come along with us on the Groove Trail. Still have spots available. Um, I can make promises that Steve is going to make some really good food that you're going to enjoy as well as get some good wheeling in. So if you have any interest in that, feel free to reach out to us on the socials, whether it be a DM on Instagram or a comment on the YouTube page, any of those will work. So let's go ahead and get into it. Remember, you can always email Mike at secretrsvp at gmail.com if you have trouble getting a hold of Colin. Absolutely. We're going to... We're going to do a show, I think, here with the four of us as our original group of overlandy people. Um, And I think that uh, our viewership already knows Colin and I well enough, and I think they know Luke well enough, um, that we'll give them some additional info. But Aaron, not so much. Uh, Aaron, I don't even know if Aaron's been brought up in conversation yet. So, Aaron, can you give me, like, just a really quick, just very fast synopsis of who you are, and then we'll move to something else. Sure thing. Uh, Yeah, my name's Aaron. I am the old man of the group, even though I may not look like it. Uh, The way you can tell is that Mm. I drive a 100 series. So, (laughs) if that tells you anything, I am the old guy of the group. (laughs) Nothing too fancy. Oh, you fancy. Very fancy. <laughs> and it's it's got like crazy low miles still, right? Yes, that is my bragging point. That is one of the lowest mileage land cruisers in the US as far as Hunter series go. Because uh as we know with the latest uh accident, we were scouring the internets for low mileage hundred series and uh there was there was a couple lower than mine, but uh mine's still up there pretty good, so which uh, I think I'm at 88,000 currently. For a 98, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, you're you're breaking into some mileage at least. You're almost broken in. Almost. Not quite. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Before we go to main topic, I think we should hit those two pieces of news. We talked about one of them uh, before the show, and I think it's interesting, especially with Aaron here, because he works in that part of the industry. Um, the other one though, since we're all Volkswagen nerds, sorry, Luke, I know you're not, but you're here. So <laughs> I am. the ID, ID buzz, the, the micro bus. I'm the only one who works in the Volkswagen business. So, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So you're a big Volkswagen guy. Yeah. Big Volkswagen guy. Gets to work with those Beetles. Big Volkswagen. And actually, the uh, planes are all air-cooled for, yeah. for flat fours, so there's that, too. See? Big air-cooled guy. Yeah, big That's air-cooled really guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the new bus, or the ID Buzz, is, is kind of interesting, because it's the same concept, I swear, that they've been leaking for, like, 15 years. Um, and it looks fine. I mean, it's unoffensive. Like, I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's terrible by any means. It fits. I'm curious to see mm-hmm. how many people will modify them. I already saw one with like a Porsche, like cargo van Porsche livery uh, design. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a Rothmans. Mm-hmm. Style. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it. I haven't seen that yet. Right now. I'm sure Colin has an opinion about it. <laughs> 
You mean just the van or the one that's done up in like a livery? Oh no, just any of them. But the van itself is is the uh, like I've got it up here, and you know. Oh, I like that. It's kind of like a weird, almost, almost a a bus. Yeah, a little weird looking for me, but they made it really flat fronted, but they didn't get the driver like over the wheels, so. Which I'm sure is like modern safety regulation stuff. Overall, I think it's goofy, but I can see how it's going to modify really well. I think so. I think it'll be good. So we'll we'll skip it because nobody nobody. It's going to be the first to do a VR swap in it. Oh god, it's electric and it's on <laughs> an extended ID four platform, so that ought to be interesting. <laughs> You'd think that it would have. Because it's yeah, extended, it would have some sort of like much more battery, but I don't think it really does. Now, oh, it did do. Okay, Volkswagen's yeah. really good about sharing platforms. Like the MQB is every SUV in the Volkswagen family, from Bentley to the bottom end of Seat. Um, is this on like a narrowed Taycan platform where you could put Taycan parts under it? I don't think so. I think it's It'd be pretty sweet. I think the ID stuff is on its own. Okay, <laughs> would be pretty sweet. Yeah, the other one is much more exciting for what we talk about here, and it's the GX five fifty, which I didn't even really know was the GX five fifty until Luke brought it up a half an hour ago. Yeah, I also don't like Toyotas cool. that much. So, talking about it. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Aaron, have you? Uh, did you see that one yet? Did we talk about that at all? The new Lexus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just looking up pictures of that, and uh, I had read something this morning at work that they were saying that they're possibly going to bring the Land Cruiser back under that Prado chassis, which I think that new 550 is built on. And so huh. it basically just—I think it's similar to what that GR. Land Cruiser is at you know, 300 that you can get overseas. And so I'm hoping that they bring it back and it's that shorter wheelbase look. So, because I, th I think it looks pretty decent. The Lexus ones, you know, tend to be a little, little much as far as like the bumpers and grills and stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. It does have a rear locker, which is cool. Uh, one of the articles that Colin and I was we're looking at earlier was mentioning that it is built on the same they've claimed it as same platform as tundra and sequoia which is the 300 series platform so right. maybe it's shortened maybe it's short and narrowed i don't know maybe who knows what the the deal is there but it looks smaller like sequoias are huge so it yeah. looks considerably smaller than that in pictures so we'll see i also wonder about like that we talked so much about the new tacoma so we shouldn't push it but um the those things have multi-link coil rear too so i wonder if there's any weird crossover between those at all um with that stuff but who knows that's wild speculation oh which who knows that's either way i think we can all agree that it's going to definitely conquer mall parking lots all over america especially on the west coast <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sure I see, you know, lifted LXs everywhere here, you know, um, like set up for like overlanding stuff. So, and like the current body style LXs. So I'm sure this will, uh, being that they're already like pre-equipping it with, you know, lockers and all of that, I'm sure it will uh, be into this space pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. I think that's always been kind of like the weird Achilles heel of the, the Lexus add-on is most of the Lexus product, most of the LX like 570s or all of the LX 570s, I should say that we got didn't get, they didn't get a locking, like a selectable locker. They did, they had air suspension sometimes or the hydraulic stuff. And that's like, that was the difference, mm -hmm. which is probably better for, you know, the general person that's spending $120,000 on an SUV, but not so much for everybody that wanted to modify them. Mm -hmm. So, it's cool to see them think yep. think that differently, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like all the Lexus trim stuff, the best they got as far as traction adders was the A-Track or whatever. 
Didn't I get some form of crawl control on the most recent ones too? I think I so. Because like the, at yeah, the 200s, I think you could get system. with the uh, the what they like the crab walk that they can do, and so I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. the Lexus had that as well. I haven't looked at them that close though. Yeah, that's a weird Toyota thing where you work for a company that makes the exact same vehicle as somewhere else, and then you can't. Even the boxes say Toyota and Lexus. Oh yeah. And there's we, no <laughs> no not for the employees. They're not yeah, Toyota every day Lexus, get that Toyota. conversation yeah. on the phone, you know. People say, Oh well, you can't get this? No, it's gotta come directly from Lexus. Well it's a Toyota. Yes, I understand that it is a Toyota, <laughs> but I, I can't get it unless I go directly to that store. Well our so. stuff's that way. I can look up Volkswagen. <laughs> I have a Volkswagen catalog. Like the, my Audi catalog is also the Volkswagen catalog. I just click one button over. Um, Porsche is a separate program, but um, I can look up all kinds of Volkswagen stuff and I can look at locations and dealers that have them in stock and all that. I just can't order them myself. Like it's just, you get a little red yeah. X next to a part number when you look it up that says it doesn't cross into Audi. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty much the same with Toyota and Lexus. We we have access to the Lexus catalog, and we can look the part numbers up and everything. But they some of the stuff you know mechanical will cross over, but for the body and trim stuff, it it pretty much all has to come from them. So. Cool. Well, I mean, like I said, I think that's something that we'll see a lot of with that uh, with that Lexus. It'll be, I'm sure, SEMA this year. It's going to be five of them that are. I don't know. Got some sort of prototype carbon fiber rooftop tent that's 35 grand but oh my god as as it's got I, a sidebar to that somebody convinced the boat oh, this somebody convinced the porsche sales department that they needed to order the official porsche rooftop tent it showed up today we haven't unboxed it <laughs> we haven't unboxed it but it's in a giant crate and i'm, I'm sure it's like thirty thousand dollars they launched it with the <laughs> 911 dakar Oh, okay. Do you, do you know who it's made by? I don't. We haven't unboxed it yet. It just says made in Korea. So, you know. Oh, it's, <laughs> well. it's only 5,000 euro. It's not. Oh, 5,000 euro. Okay. That means we'll yeah, mark it up to 30 uh, grand. That seems low 49. for Porsche branded stuff. I'm sure it's a roof nest or <laughs> eye camper or somebody. Light gray lining. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I don't know what it is, but it's not. Not interesting. You'll have to send us a picture, Luke. Curious. Yeah, I will. Once we get it unboxed and thrown on top of a C4S or something. <laughs> oh man, I gotta. This is I, this is way off topic, but the 996 road trip guy, which I know Colin, big eye roll, but he's got a GT3, mm -hmm. a 996 GT3 that he put a tent on, and you know, Ugh. yeah, I give him credit. That's it's it's pretty neat. We have a, I have a GT3 next to my desk at work right now that has the engine out of it, a 996 a RS. The guy, it has like 100,000 miles on it, and the guy drives the hell out of it. I'm like, oh, finally, man. somebody that drives their GT3 and doesn't just let it sit. Anyway, sorry. It's okay. Uh, so that's a perfect natural transition to someone that lets their car sit with really low miles like Aaron. Um, so you told us just a tiny bit already. Can you, uh, so what we're doing here is we're talking everybody through just kind of our origin story of how we got into off-roading, overlanding, that kind of thing. So, um, can you start really far back before, like way before we were driving or Ooh, anything like that, of course. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see if my old memory works here. Uh, so <laughs> like some of us uh, growing up here in Oregon in the rural areas uh, in high school and got my license, one of my first vehicles was a four-wheel drive truck, Nissan Hard Body Luke. Nice. So yeah, yeah standard cab, short bed, four-wheel drive, had the little three-inch lift on it. And uh, yeah, us boys would go out in the woods and wheel around and mess around with the trucks and get muddy and and then kind of got away from that, got into the car thing, and was like, well, I kind of want something to go out camping in. 
And so this cruiser came about at my work and I jumped on it and just started uh, doing stuff to it and taking it out with the family and never really got into a lot of like rock crawling stuff. I mean, I find it very interesting and technical, but I have no experience with it whatsoever. So um, I would think maybe uh, Alex's WJ might be the the candidate for that Mm -hmm. (laughs) if things go right but we'll see (laughs) so but uh yeah you know just uh just general off-road stuff you know nothing too crazy and uh camping and just getting outside with the family and doing stuff fishing and that sort of thing and just kind of always done that growing up and so coming over here to central oregon it was really easy to kind of continue on that now that it was a you know adult life the getting out and doing things and so and then everything you know just kind of way things have gone with how popular overlanding equipment has gotten and it's just been a lot easier to get a hold of and research products and so that really helped and then obviously working in the auto industry where you have suppliers that uh, are showing you new products and stuff like you guys know so yeah just kind of went from there and met you guys through the other you know, car scene, and uh, we all kind of had those same general interests, and so it made it really easy to kind of, hey, let's try this. You should come out with us and go do this trailer. Go check this out. So it's been it's been a blast. So I know that. So what uh, other than the opportunity of the the hundred series that you got being such a cool you know grab, did you? Did you plan that out at all or did you like i'm just looking for anything when you started thinking about it yeah i was kind of it was more like size wise because of the kids so it was like i wanted something that possibly had a third row that we could use you know so with kids and their friends and stuff we'd take them out and so we were looking at like sequoias and stuff like that armadas and it just kind of it worked out with this thing coming into the lot on trade-in and um but yeah, as far as size-wise, that was kind of about the size I was looking at. And working for this company as long as I have, it was kind of a no-brainer for me just to to stick with that product and continue on mm. with it. So, well, I mean, I don't have to tell anybody the Land Cruiser is the perfect size. Does <laughs> so. yours run yet? Um. Ah, <laughs> uh, mine. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> I, was hoping, I was hoping to get a video of it on Saturday. Oh, God, I want it to be running, and I I really am about this close, and that's very close. If you're listening to the audio, um, but I had two little mishaps of small part issues. Um, one that's definitely a part problem, and one that's definitely a me problem. Uh, both of those are resolved. It is fine. It it uh, turns over great right now, but I can't confirm that I have oil pressure because for some reason my factory oil pressure oh. gauge is not working. Um, and I'm I I uh, consulted my favorite place, the internet, um, to which five people, no less than five people, responded to tell me about break-in procedures, which was totally my question when I said anybody extend the wires to this oil pressure sensor and have an issue with it not working but so not that i want to get too deep into the off topic uh mechanics podcast um but like someplace like mike's auto parts that kind of thing they might rent you a manual uh gauge to screw into that thing that's a good idea so my adapter goes to uh, eighth inch NPT. So I kind of figured I would just put a 20. Like if it was, if it just been sitting for a while and it wasn't all new, I wouldn't even think about it. I'd just turn it on, but I've got a little too yeah. much money and blood and sweat and tears into that thing to just, just send it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of assembly lube. I know there's oil in there. I know it's sucking it up because it pulled everything out of the oil yeah. filter the first time. Far too it's much. It's working. To, yeah. But I would hate to lose it on a $70 oil pump. Yep. So, you know. 
that's, that's probably... I'm just glad I could help out with the uh, the starter comparison. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to tell you guys this here because I've been meaning to tell Jesse, but I was going to wait for him to be in person. Um, remember how he gave me a lot of grief? So, uh, back up. I had sent a video to all of these guys of this, you know, priming the engine scenario, which was uh, plugs out, try to start it, right? And all I'm trying to do is get oil pressure and make sure what, that it actually turns because this is all factory starter wiring that I'm like, probably works. I don't know, hopefully. And it does, which is great. But so I send this uh, video of a little walk around and like a me with the key. It's great. Jesse says, that's not right. It's cranking slow. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the oil pressure uh, gauge scenario where like, that's not what I was asking. I wasn't even asking. <laughs> I was just saying, look at this cool thing. And all of a sudden it it's on brand. Hey, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> So that that sends a cascading effect of everybody, and then beyond that, everybody else just sends a starting video, and we all you know hilarity ensues, right? Well, uh, a couple days ago when I was doing some stuff, and I look down, and I go, "Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me right now!" There's one spark plug in still. One plug, <laughs> old number four is just right. All in right. There. So I pulled it out, and. Uh, Man, you wouldn't believe how fast it spins with one plug in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out part still staying. Much better. Uh, I think that's as good of a time as any to tell my story. Uh, so then we can have Luke tell his story after that. Um, I I started like Aaron, and so I think that kind of, that's kind of interesting. So, like, I think... Both Aaron and I and Colin grew up in a part of Oregon that everybody else knows, which is that's when you think of Oregon, you think of the Willamette Valley or Portland. Um, And so like we all grew up in not Portland, but for anybody that lives anywhere else like Portland, right? Rainy, gross, trees everywhere kind of kind of Oregon right now where we mostly live other than Luke uh, and Jesse is Central Oregon, which is not even close to the same thing. So anyways. I grew up in that same redneck backwoods kind of uh, Oregon um, as a, like a little older kid. Not when I was, I was not born there, but anyways. Um, So I was around all that stuff too. Mud trucks and uh, hunting and all that. Like that's, that's where I understood um, the off-road world was mud basically. Um, And I didn't really like it to be honest, but I really liked cars. So I rode around with my stepdad and we did, you know, elk hunting or whatever. And you go on these crazy roads and it's muddy and it's snowy. And I loved it. Like that part I really liked. So the adventure and and that kind of thing, I grew away from it as I got a little bit older because I got really into, um, into BMX. That was really my world. And, and I still loved cars, but the truck portion of it was kind of just a thing. I didn't, it was whatever, like trucks are fine, but I didn't really want to do off-road um but because i was so into bikes uh my first vehicle was a chevy s10 so i had a uh, extra cab short bed um 4.3 s10 four-wheel drive it was sweet um but i did no off-roading i got stuck in a field one time in the snow at my own house so that was pretty cool that was like the only off-roading i did all i did with that truck was put four to six bikes in it at a time and do burnouts because it was amazing at doing burnouts. <laughs> so I got to learn how to do that. I guess I learned maybe on dirt bikes, but I learned how to do it in a car in that S10. Like that was the thing. And after that, I got rid of it and got a Volkswagen and never looked back. Really. I thought about um, building like a rock crawling kind of thing at some point, kind of when Luke was around and some of the other guys that were doing a little bit more off-road stuff when we were, doing a lot more car things I kept thinking about, but I didn't really like care all that much. The shop overland stuff got so popular and really like all of us, all of our friends started to kind of look at it a little bit. And it was so big and bend. And so like we had Cascadia vehicle tents starting up and like a bunch of little things all at the same time that made me go, Hmm, this is pretty cool. And, uh, one of our other friends had bought, a Land Cruiser that is exactly like mine at the time, and I just 
I started to like it a lot. Um, and so I had a mishap with my car <laughs> and hit a deer, uh, needed another vehicle. And I was pretty over dealing with Volkswagen crap at that point. Uh, still loved them, still loved them at that point, but like, it just got old. It got really, um, I got really sick of dealing with <laughs> window regulators and whatever, just all this stupid stuff. So I was like, I got to find something else here just for a little bit. I think it might've been getting closer to winter. Like it was the, it was the fall or something too. So I started looking for land cruisers and I pretty quickly honed in on just like I do with anything. And I think a lot of us have this sickness. Like I really went down the rabbit hole of like, what I wanted, what the ideal one was for me. And so it ended up being something with lockers. That was like the big thing uh, and something with reasonable miles on it and in decent shape. And so I found mine and as a, compared to the way it is now, <laughs> it was in really good shape uh, It all worked. It had been like dealership maintained, like it was awesome. Um, and so I got it and I test drove it from, this guy's house to a church parking lot where I put it in low range and turned the lockers on to spin around in circles and make sure they worked. They did. It's like, all right, you know, bought the thing for what would not drove it to, uh, it was in, it was in Seattle, uh, in Bellingham or not Bellingham, Bellevue. And, uh, we drove it to meet, uh, with Mike, it was Mike Palmer and I, and we, uh, we drove it to meet who is now my, uh, future brother-in-law, which is his best friend. Uh, at Pacific Raceways, we picked up Justin's like three place triple axle uh, race car hauler <laughs> and stuck this Land Cruiser in, barely fit. Yeah, enclosed trailer. Enclosed trailer, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and carted it home. And the first time I really drove it was from Bend Auto Wreckers to my house at like one in the morning. And I remember pulling out onto Highway 97 and just going, what did I do? This is the slowest vehicle oh, I've awesome. ever driven. <laughs> I did figure out, but I, I don't know if you guys remember any of this like from being around the Land Cruiser, but like, I did figure out the little ECT button at that Et point. Etc. And how much that actually changed the driving experience. <laughs> so I finally, I finally hit that and I was like, all right, it's fine. Um, and then from there, uh, I was really lucky to be neighbors uh, in a in a complex with uh, GFAB Motorsports with with Graham, and um, I got a lot of bad influence on rock crawling and awesome off road stuff. And I like for like a year, <laughs> maybe two, we we did a lot of that stuff, and it was fun. Like you know that all the the beginning modifications of that rig are from that time frame, um, and they really set the stone. And I think all of us got to experience that in some way or another, which was really mm -hmm. cool too. Um, but pretty quickly, like I, you know, I've, I've thought many times about getting something different and moving on, but I get really attached to cars. Um, and I, you know, in the last, uh, year or so is when I really decided like, I'm going to just keep this for a while, um, and really go all in. So I've got it torn down and big, uh, LS motor going in it now, um, which I was just talking about. It's about to start assuming it's possible to start it. Um, that's it. I think the future of that thing is, uh, some suspension refresh next year or something once that's all dialed, but otherwise I could just buy, I could build another one. Like, although it'd be nice to use it, but we'll see. It's only been like six weeks. I think I've only had it down for six weeks and I thought six weeks was my time. Frame, <laughs> so I feel pretty good about that right now. And obviously it's not together and it could be another six weeks, but I think I'm close assuming everything works which yeah, yeah who knows i like it yeah let's get some use out of it well i look forward to see it running because i want to i want to see it i want to see that's how my, quick that's that thing long-winded who knows hopefully I'm it's excited. Yeah, that's going to be a surprising change <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and no more burnt <laughs> oil smells yeah i don't think so well we God, can't I make any not. promises on that yet that but. was like <laughs> <laughs> And now you just gotta ride behind people like me when the uh, the DEF is being injected. <laughs> Everybody tells me it smells horrible. Hmm. I can't tell if it smells my own vehicle. So <laughs> I did delete uh, 
uh, my, maybe I shouldn't say this, I just realized, but I deleted a certain emission Don't say thing on my vehicle. Uh, and it's really <laughs> old, so it would be exempt in a lot of states, I think. And I'm a little concerned about it smelling like gas, but whatever. Well, I saved it just in case. Takes on fuel <laughs> really quickly. Mm-hmm. Easy uh, to fill. Luke, how about you? Well, uh, I've been playing around with vehicles in the dirt since forever. Uh, but with motorized vehicles, probably like 12, 13, getting dirt bikes, ATVs, that kind of stuff. Um, so I've always kind of done that. And we always, uh, my family always had motorhomes. So like camping every weekend throughout the summer was pretty standard for us and a handful of like the big camping granted some of that camping is in like some of it's like forest service campgrounds you go to the lake you ride your bikes around whatever some of it's koa campgrounds when you go to the national parks or whatever um but several huge like big summer trips where we'd go from spot to spot to spot to spot um so that that's always kind of been built in like i've always been kind of prepared for that type of thing that we do now that we call overlanding um it's just a lot more off-road now instead of uh 35 foot winnebago's or you know whatever from down you know from freeway to freeway i guess um as far as the off-road side goes, uh, I remember as a little kid going, scouting a hunting camp with my dad and my dad's friend Pat in the Ochicos, and so bookmark that, and uh, climbing like some of those really steep um, like side hills and stuff in a like ninety three f-150 in the back seat of an old f-150 and uh just remembering how much i enjoyed that like how much fun my brother and i as little kids had doing that and that translated really easily to them when i learned how to drive um i don't know that always stuck with me and learning how to drive off-road in like frontiers and exterras and stuff because that's what dad had so then my first car was a hard body pathfinder so uh commonality there and i had a 95 pathfinder and butters and i were playing out in the china hat play area every minute we could get a chance to doing donuts and climbing the hill and trying every which way we could to break our cars he broke his little s10 blazer a lot the I blew up power steering pumps in the Nissan, but that was about it. Like, three power steering pumps. But, uh... That turned into, what, an Xterra when I lived in Phoenix? And everywhere around Phoenix, like, every direction you go in Phoenix is, like, places to play around in the desert. Um, So did a lot down there. And most of it's just, like, you know during the day going out and off-roading and just kind of like you know, playing around on the rocks or in the sand or whatever um that turned into a frontier which turned then into a ram 1500 which is not an ideal platform for anything like that the frontier was awesome what's that that was a weird side move the ram i remember that truck and just going what is he doing well, yeah. it was for work it was the, uh, you know, because a lot of my cars have been, like, work demos from, you know, because we owned the company, that uh, it was like, hey, uh, we need to trade you out of that Frontier because we have a buyer for it, so here, go pick something else. Why don't you take a Ram? We have one we need to get rid of. So I had that Quad Cab 1500 for a while, and the horsepower is awesome, but otherwise that truck's pretty forgettable. Um, Agree. <laughs> and so as, as soon as the opportunity came up for a Wrangler, it was like, all right, uh, we had some weird custom ordered JK that the guy backed out of because it's a manual Sahara with heated cloth and like a, the low gearing, which you shouldn't get with a manual and black, like black plastic instead of painted. What color was it, Luke? It's orange or yellow. It's called Dozer. <laughs> 
It's the same color as a caterpillar. Uh-huh. And anyway, it was a weird package, and the uh, GSM was like, hey, we need to get rid of that thing. It's like the last of the old model year JKs. Why don't you go take that one? And it was like, perfect. Um, and suddenly that was like, I knew through Sean, um, I got to know Graham, and I had already known Graham's girlfriend at the time, Kate. We've known each other since we were little kids. And Graham was like, why don't you come out to uh, Hoodoo with us? And so I went and camped with them for a weekend and got to ride in the back of green truck in the middle of the night doing some night wheeling, night rock crawling, and some real rock crawlers and kind of got hooked to doing that. Uh, and all of a sudden that turned into, thankfully, the JK platform you can... There isn't a nut or bolt on it that somebody doesn't make aftermarket that you can um, improve upon in some way, shape, or form. And it's a really expensive rabbit hole to go down, but it's also a really fun one. So I highly recommend oh, the JK's God. platform. It's also a cheater chassis, as Robert <laughs> Foster can attest to. Yeah. Um, a stock one Full can on, do... Yeah. Stock one can do just about anything. It's the S13 of the uh, off-road community. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so all of a sudden, uh, I've got like 85,000 miles on a JK, and I beat the hell out of every single one of those miles. And Gladiator Diesel was coming, and it was really, really uh, tempting to get one, and I pulled the trigger, and I love it. Here we are with a Gladiator Diesel with a GFC. It takes about five minutes to set up camp and about 15 minutes to tear it down. And uh, it really, like, weather is not an issue. Like, we went camping last weekend in the Black Hills, and weather was kind of garbage. And so we just sat in the middle of the truck with the tent up, and it gives you all kinds of, like, you know, a lot of extra space and all that. Um, I'm really enjoying that as a platform right now. But, um, uh, yeah, that's like a brief history of me off-road is like the car stuff is cool and I enjoy the car stuff, but off-road is kind of more where I, where my home is. But. Yeah, I think that like early on I had pinned you as off-road guy. Off-road guy and race guy. Yeah. That's like, you're, you're a little bit mm -hmm. more on that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Function yeah. over four. Yeah, the Sentra mm -hmm. days. A lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, also, the car stuff is fun for me if I'm going as fast as possible. Um, yeah. Cruising in lowered Volkswagens doesn't really do much for me. <laughs> Not for everybody. Uh, JK, yeah. I definitely can't dig out right now, but all I can think of is the time that we had to leave it at Klein Butte because those lower links, like, broke in half on the gnarliest little entrance. Oh, my God. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we had I had to twisted the stock lower legs. Leave it to go get a trailer because it was not going anywhere. Well, and then do you remember how that ended? There was an issue with the trailer, right? We went back to Mike drove us. Well, so either you or Mike drove us back to the. Let's see, we went back to the dealership. We got a truck. We got a trailer, and then we took the trailer down the power line road. To winch the Jeep back on, like, but with the Jeep on the winch, we winched it onto the trailer very carefully. And then we replaced the control arms while it was still on the trailer. Oh, that's funny. To get it off of it. Oh, because you couldn't, back. Ba you couldn't drive it backwards or yeah, it would twist the I axle into the frame. It would, it would break the, uh, yeah. It would have broken the drive shaft in a way that, it was uh, quite the predicament. And without the drive shaft, it would have wrapped the axle upside down. Yeah. Yeah, it that was, place. Uh, it, it, it was pretty fun. <laughs> you want to you want to test a part on a jeep? Just give it to me. Yeah, there's there's lots of lots of memories of you breaking that thing. Yeah, you, oh yeah, you went through oh, a yeah. breaking it phase. You really did. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Good times. It's all all product testing. Right? Yeah, exactly. If you if you want to test a part on a JK, just let me borrow it. <laughs> just let me borrow it. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, just like anything, <laughs> about the time that it should have been just about bulletproof is when you were like, okay, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Get rid of it. Gladiator diesel? That sounds nice. No, we don't treat it like a buggy. We don't hop over uh, rocks that are bigger than it. So, yeah, a little different. But... Not yet, anyway. 
Not yet. Mm. We'll see. That's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta talk to uh, I gotta talk to Colin. Uh, maybe not after the podcast. Maybe this weekend about mm-hmm. uh, about that about that next next big thing. Well, I'll be there. You guys know I'll be there this weekend, right? First time hearing of it, but okay, cool. <laughs> gonna be awesome, Luke. Luke live oh. and in person. Well, mm. I'll be live and in person this week. Where are you gonna do your set? Come see <laughs> at the. I'm not gonna give the address for that because. Oh, you don't want to give out your street address? It's gonna type ten. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I've got a type <laughs> ten. Good, yeah. I've been working on. Yeah. <laughs> Southeast. Southeast. Just give out uh, Mike's address. <laughs> uh, Colin, what about you? Oh, me. Um, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's a, a a decent transition talking about Jeeps because um, despite <laughs> my more, you know, I guess I would consider it, you know, the less popular platforms that I typically Weird. pick. Uh, my start was in Jeeps also, which is, I mean, not super uncommon. Um, but like as a kid, family and I were always camping, uh, like every summer we would actually, cause we lived in the Valley, we would actually come out to this area and camp on the lower to shoots. Um, and that was just, you know, friends and bikes and camping, fishing, all that stuff. And that kind of got me into one being in this area, uh, and then two, the, the camping side of stuff. Um, once I was, uh, able to drive and, um, had a little bit of pocket change from working, I made decisions to, you know, choose my own, uh, vehicle. And so my, my first, you know, four wheel drive was an old, uh, YJ Wrangler. Um, and it was an early one. So it had the 256 carbureted four liter, 4.2 liter in it. I, I did the classic, uh, kid stuff with it, you know, doing stupid mods and doing the old, uh, the hick four reeling. Um, and I think what kind of got me more and more interested in doing off-road stuff was me taking my dad out in it and like I drove it out through this weird area cuz you know we lived out in Hick town so it was easy to find muddy roads and stuff uh and he came away from it like impressed that I drove it well off-road and impressed with how well it did off-road in general. Um, so from there, I was good to go on on that. But like you, Sean, I was more of a uh, more definitely more of a, a car guy. Uh, I like stupid low stuff because making uh, driving hard on just the regular roads. That's that's what I'm into, I guess. Um, but it was like every few years i'd get on that kick of oh i should probably get something that maybe has four-wheel drive and some ground clearance because move down here and all of a sudden it's snowy winters and lifting your lowered car every winter gets really old uh so it was like 13 years ago uh i got another jeep but it was a wj and uh I really like that thing. I did a lot with it for what it was. Um, I put, I think they were 33s with no lift. Uh, and then I went to Moab because my wife had family there. And that uh, probably was the real jumping off point of, okay, I, I want to do a lot more of this because I got to do some like Moab trails that were probably ill-advised for my vehicle um but i did them anyway because why not um and then i also saw my first rooftop tent around this time and i thought that that was a really cool idea and so 
that was like the first little pieces of the overlanding world that I was getting was seeing that rooftop tent. And I thought it was a super cool idea, but at the time they were near impossible to get. And if you could get them, they were easily as expensive, if not more expensive than like the really nice ones you can get now. And then it was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, we've got five of them and they were Mm -hmm. gone really quickly and they were way too expensive to begin with so um count your blessings these days with how affordable even though they're expensive how affordable they are now because they did not used to be (laughs) this kind of pricing um after that yeah i uh go ahead just real quick before you get into the uh too deep into like the (laughs) conclusion here that the uh, rooftop tent thing, I forgot that part. Uh, I don't know, Sean, you had one? Who had one first? I don't know, that's a great question. Alex maybe convinced you to get one? Or I, you borrowed one from Alex? I did borrow his first. I thought Colin had one first. Colin had one first. I thought, because our I first I just trip remember out... saying, that sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of my sidebar. I don't remember who started it, but I remember looking at this box on your roof and going, that's dumb. I'm pretty sure Colin and I around the same time. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was pretty close because. I was gonna say, cause they're... Yeah, I, I yeah. after uh, a little hiatus away from having a four wheel drive, uh, it was like right after. Sean got the Land Cruiser, and that kind of gave me the well. I should get another one too because mm-hmm. I want to go do some off roading again. And so this is where my uh, my deep dive into the not popular platforms really started uh, because I got a Disco Two, yeah, and I loved it, and I did a, a lot with that um i thought i was a total genius because like luke said that box on your roof is stupid and how are you gonna use that so i with all the wisdom in the world trailer got a trailer exactly i got a truck bed trailer and i put it on top of that instead uh i went to moab that's all yeah i went to moab with it And it was, I will say, it was nice to pull into a camp spot and unhook it and just fucking leave it there so that I could then go and do some trails. And again, Mm -hmm. wheeling a stock Disco 2, everybody, Mm -hmm. through some trails that... Stock Disco 2, everybody. (laughs) That I had never done and was completely by myself. So just horrible choices all around. Uh, and, And that really... That that was a, a lot of fun, and that got me deep, deep, deep into it. Uh, but I did come back from that trip and say, trailers are stupid as shit. Uh, I'm putting this tent on my roof because I don't want to deal with that ever again. Um, and then what happened? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hold the phone for one second. And we might be getting there, but I got to just throw one little thing in here because that was not the last time that tent was on a trailer. N- no. There was another time. There, there was another time, but we're, we're not there yet. Oh, it ended up on the trailer. Yeah. Okay. It was, okay. It was on my roof. Yeah. Because it was on my roof and uh, my family oh, and Natasha, or my family and Natasha, my family and uh, Tyson and Kate went to the beach and we camped on the coast and it was the literally the first camp trip I did with the tent on my roof. And of course, so we're camped like right on in a campground at the coast. Cause there's not, this was early. We didn't know about a lot of the camping areas, but where, because the tent was on the roof, I had no cover from any of the wind and of course, that night was uh, 60 plus mile an hour winds, and it was crazy. Like, it, Tyson has some lovely stories about his ground tent in that same storm, but we ended up getting out of it and closing it and sleeping in the back of the car because it was, it was gnarly. Like, it was, I, I haven't been in anything like that again. 
Um, after that, I had a Blister Fender Montero, which also was super cool. Um, was more capable than the Disco, but probably because of the way I built it is why it was more capable. Um, and then that's probably the one I should have kept. Is that the one that you had the mismatched wheel with the wrong lug nuts? On one of our trips, yeah, when I got the flat tire. When that uh, oh, when that man. stick staked the center, that thing of my was tire. awesome. Yep i I, yeah, I loved that. that. That Montero was sweet. I love that thing. Yeah, I I except for that like five minute period where it was a pain <laughs> in the ass. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that thing was was totally awesome. I advocate for Montero ownership all the time because they are they are yeah, good rigs. That thing was cool. Um, then I had. I went back to Land Rover because I'm a glutton for punishment and uh, I had the L322 Range Rover and did a lot more with that than pretty much anybody has ever and uh, recently sold that and it was pretty sad to see it go because that thing was really good but um I didn't feel like it was off-road ready enough. It just it felt slightly too in the the soft lane for how hard we like to use our rigs. Um, so that's when a uh, LS swapped Wagoneer came about, and I jumped on it pretty quickly because the guy kind of held it out for me because I was someone local that he, you know, that I showed interest in. So um, that's where I'm at now. Um, but I mean, the reason we're all here, I guess, is to talk about that overlanding thing and how we got into that. And it was pretty much a, I had the Disco, it was right after Sean got uh, the 80, Aaron had recently gotten the 100 series, and then Luke, he had the Jeep right, right around then as well, and uh, I caught wind of the uh, Oregon backcountry discovery route, and I thought, oh, that's, that's kind of cool, that'd be interesting, and so I looked it up, uh, was completely unwilling to spend money on the maps. So I kind of cheated the system and uh, mapped one of the routes, which goes across the Ochicos, because that's really close to our area. I figured, oh, well, that's really close. We can just try it and see what it's like. And so I mapped that whole thing using Google Earth and paper uh, motor vehicle use maps and then uh, got the four of us together to go and do that and we ended up uh doing that basically it was route four and we basically did that uh with me looking at a paper map <laughs> the entire time we didn't have the fancy gps stuff yet so um we definitely uh we definitely made some errors in our in our early days uh one of which was trying to put a transfer case uh in the disco <laughs> the week prior to the weekend we were leaving. And um, I remember Sean telling me, oh, it can't be that hard. You should, you should just do it. I think you'll get, be able to get it done. Uh, and then that led to Sean coming over and trying to help me get the transfer case in. And uh, that didn't happen either. Yeah, it'll be easy. It wasn't that easy. <laughs> yeah, it's that damn drum break on the backside of it. It wasn't at all. No one told yeah. me that Land Rover transfer cases weighed twice as much as every other transfer case. <laughs> uh-huh. And I also don't think that I understood that your driveway had like a 30 degree angle either. Yeah, it's the worst. Really. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. I was just looking at old old pictures of that. But yeah, that's how the uh the that's how the roof tent ended up back on the trailer because I still had the trailer because I was just using it for like yard debris and stuff. Um I don't I think we chose that because we could have put it on Aaron's car, but Aaron had Describe the box. what the trailer was. It was a truck bed. It was a yeah. Ford Ranger Just, truck bed. Yeah, it was a it was a Ford Ranger truck bed <laughs> with scaffolding. Uh-huh. 
Very small <laughs> scaffolding. Like one inch square to Oh scaffolding. no, it wasn't one inch. That was those were I still have some of that material, I think. I think it was uh half I inch. I think it was I think it was two <laughs> inch square eighty wall. Oh. You yeah. forget the best part, Luke. Mm. It was orange. It was orange, yeah. Oh yeah. So, it was orange and it had the uh and it was it was a former uh, tent manufacturer's trailer. Yeah, it was, was the, it, it was the, a it CVT was. showroom trailer for like the first part of its life. So I bought it from Bobby. Yeah, the the first CVT trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, I I the the stuff that I remember was, uh, from that, that trip was quite the experience, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, since. None of us oh were gosh. really like well versed in any of it. I remember us getting out there and finding out when we got out there that it was uh, opening season, uh, opening weekend for deer season. And so it was just like there were tons of people out there, and I was like, "This is weird. There's mm -hmm. there's not supposed to be anybody out here." And then that you know start hearing the. Uh, gunfire and whatnot around us and then some random car drives by with a deer on its roof <laughs> and uh i think at that point we really knew yeah it became a little more obvious mm -hmm. but luke you showed up um saturday morning not friday yeah night. i remember i sh i showed up the second yeah. day i didn't i didn't show up the first night i had something going on and it was something with a dog or whatever but um i uh yeah i showed up saturday morning and it was, seemed like it was really lucky that anybody got that campsite. Yeah. And it was wet. Yeah, it rained oh. overnight. And that's also, but, that was the start of yeah. First Night Aaron. Um, <laughs> oh, I missed First Night Aaron that night. Yeah, that was like the very yeah. first one. That was yeah, a legend. That's how the legend began. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, me. That's how the legend yeah, started. Yeah, waking up saying, man, why does my head hurt? And calling yeah. points to the, the empty <laughs> bottles laying on the ground next to the truck. Oh, that, that, that yeah, explains it. What do you it. think? <laughs> oh my god. That's really funny. I forgot about that. I've been trying to go through pictures oh, here to wow. see if I can figure out when I actually got my tent. Um, and I, <sighs> I don't know. Oh, wait. There it is. Uh, definitely 2014 at some point. Yeah, that sounds right. And that trip was that trip was fifteen, so we would had it a yep. little bit. You had already taken yours on the trailer to Moab. Yep. At that point. Yeah, that was that was quite the thing. I just remember me and Alex tried sleeping in the back of the Land Cruiser with all the seats folded up, and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, this sucks. Nah, I need a tent." And then you bought the giant one. Yeah, the McMansion. <laughs> yeah. That was that was more of the wife's doing. She said, "Well, if we're gonna get get one, we're getting one big enough for all of us." So we had to get the four man Oof. behemoth that had Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Built in Starlink before it was even a thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. And then uh, Aaron also had his first bit of yes. uh, adversity on uh, on that trip as well. Oh God. And I would like to point out that is the only time my vehicle has failed me, and that was only because of uh, installation <laughs> error. Uh, I had done the Old Man Emu Springs before that trip, and the rear track bar bolt, the upper bolt, had fallen out on one of those. I think it was the road going up to the fire tower because that road is horrible. And somewhere along the way, the bolt fell out, and you had hopped in, I think, Sean's truck. Mm -hmm. And I was trailing everybody, and all of a sudden, this horrible wobble starts. And I'm thinking, what in God's name is wrong with this trailer? And I couldn't go over like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> Finally caught up with you guys, and we thought, of course, it was the trailer that was broken. Lo and behold, it was not the trailer, after we did some rearranging of equipment. <laughs> Next thing we know, it's yeah, it's some road testing. <laughs> yeah, it's a road testing. Was, was well, no. Did the roof box end up in loop? Yes, <laughs> we took. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so I'm sorry. I was looking through photos and thinking how many think how many items I missed on my story. Um, yeah, the uh, I so I had Gracie with me the lab, and so the roof box, the like rocket box or whatever, that ended up in the JK with all the gear in it, and then. Like the passenger front seat for folded forward as far as it would go, with Gracie like like she had enough room, but like it was tight for a you know seventy pound lab to like curl up on the front seat, um, to uh, accommodate. And it turns out that none of yep. that needed to happen. <laughs> yeah, because we all we all assumed. But remember, we pulled off on that side road that was like the old. Po- it was like an old way station or the old part yeah. of the highway we pulled off and we like screwed around with it for a while and then we're like, all right, we're just going to leave everything yeah. here. Yeah, we were going <laughs> to, we assumed it was the trailer, oh so God. we took yeah, the tent. Ready... That was after we scraped yeah, all we the mud took off the our tent trucks. And we put it on Aaron's car and moved the box into the back of your car and I had a Sharpie and I wrote free on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Because we were like, man, fuck this trailer. We're fucking leaving it. And mm-hmm. Aaron fucking takes off down the highway and it just instantly starts mm-hmm. fucking shaking all over the place again. Like, oh, well, it's Aaron's car that's the problem. Whoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then I had a bolt. Oh, I was going to say, I would like to, uh, in defense of my Land Cruiser, uh, point out that the, our last trip here a couple weeks back, I did not get stuck. So, hmm. just hmm. pointing that out. And no failures. I don't think Robert got stuck either. Yeah, Robert didn't get stuck. No. He's got the cheater chassis, I've... though. I found the picture. July 8th, 2015, oh. I got that tent. Yeah. So yeah, because we because that uh, that trip was late in the year. I bolted it. I bolted it onto the roof with. The, uh, yeah, I bolted it onto the. Cro- I I got crossbars that bolt mm-hmm. onto the cage. Oh yeah. I I put it I on without that. the hard top on. Yeah. I feel like that time. had something to do with why you showed up on Saturday too, because it was mm-hmm. it was raining that weekend, and you. And Maybe so you switched raining. to the yeah, hard top and then put the tin on that. And then the hardtop never left after that. Yeah, it might have been that it took me. Yeah, it really didn't. Yeah, it might have just been that it was like it. By the time I got somebody to come over and help me swap tops, it was uh, like nine thirty at night, and I didn't feel like driving yep. the Ochicos that late. That's fair. Well, yeah. any other lovely memories? <laughs> Man, I mean, oh man, I I remember cows walking into our camp. Oh yes, the cow, the, the herd of cows roaming through. Oh, and there was a herd of cows, and I remember the fire around the uh, the wheel, wagon. the cast iron the wagon wheel. like wagon wheel. I was or thinking about that. that. Was, that uh, just would not cool off. We emptied every ounce of water we had for that stupid thing. I, I was thinking about that earlier and that wasn't the first that wasn't the first year. The first year we made our own fire ring Is that a different trip? A, around the stump. And we burnt that stump the first night. Oh, that's right. And then and the, the stump wouldn't go out the then first Then the time. next yeah. year when we came, that wagon wheel was there, like someone had brought it there that's to be a fire ring. Yeah. That makes sense. That's what it was. Yeah, we had trouble getting that, the roots of that uh, stump to stop. The was the yeah. that, the first trip must have been the trip that Luke brought his drone, and I rem, I remember it. There's got to be a statute of limitations on that, right? No, that wasn't the first trip. He didn't have the drone yet, because the, the when that he had the drone one. was hmm. yeah, that was when Tyson had share and everything. That was the second one. That picture. Got it. That was the second year, and I have that picture pulled up right now. I'm looking right at it. That is a stock Disco 2 with a tent oh, on yeah. top. A two-door XJ with a tent on top with a real scraggly <laughs> cover. And a uh, sand taco with a That's tent Mike's, on the bed. Yeah. And Land Cruiser JK with cut fenders and an old... The old beautiful hundred series with the McMansion the on McMansion. top. Man, that was 
That was much later. Yeah, Mike and the Sand Taco. I forgot Mike was a uh, Sand Taco owner. Yep. Oh, he was the original. Yeah. yeah. And d- decided to drive over the parking curb on the oh, way home right. and puncture his tire. Yeah, that was on our Al- that was the first year of the Alvord trip. That was that was in a that was in the Colorado. No, it wasn't. Oh, that's that right. That Colorado. wasn't. That was the yeah, but it was the Tacoma. It wasn't. That was the Sand Taco. Oh, it was still the Tacoma. Yeah. And then he proceeded to put a dent in his tailgate by using a high lift jack on it, and it fell uh-huh. over. Ah, yes. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Oh. Oh boy. I don't know if you heard that. We're getting quite the thunderstorm. Yeah, I can hear it. Crazy. Yeah. 